This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 704. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 704. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Oh my goodness, this episode goes live two days before Thanksgiving if you're here in the US. I have to give a little quick shout out. If you don't know how to talk to your kids about Thanksgiving, if you want to change the narrative a bit on how you show up in conversation at the Thanksgiving table, who you center, and maybe you're thinking like, oh, I know we need to be centering indigenous people on Thanksgiving, but I don't know how to do that. I just want to give a shout out to my dear friend, colleague, and business coaching client, Jasmine Bradshaw, who has the phenomenal podcast, First Name Basis. And if you look back to her episodes a year ago of Thanksgiving week, she has a fantastic episode about how to center indigenous people on Thanksgiving Day and with your when you're with your family around Thanksgiving. And so highly recommend going and listening to that episode. You'll have to go wherever you listen to podcasts, go to first name basis, and then you'll have to scroll a little bit through that content library to find the episode from a year ago from last November 2021. But oh my goodness, it is worth the listen for us to just be more thoughtful about how we are in conversation with our kids and with other family members about this holiday and how we really honor who should be centered on this holiday. And I just felt like I couldn't let this opportunity go by without saying something around that, given that this episode goes live Thanksgiving week. 
We're talking about something really different than that on today's episode, though. So today we're going to be talking about something I really did not plan on talking about on the show because it feels weird. But also there was this extremely valuable lesson that came out of this experience that I couldn't help but feel like I needed to share. So I'm going to be talking about buying a car. And I will tell you that I'm kind of grossed out when people in the coaching industry and in the entrepreneurial space, when they like buy fancy cars and then post pictures on social media, it just, it feels super weird to me. I'm not that kind of person. So I was like, oh my God, I don't want to like buy a car and then like talk about it. <laughs> but, but I also had this really valuable lesson around buying a car that I think is really important. And also my husband and I are really boring car buying people. Like this isn't, I find car buying to be extremely stressful and not fun. And I think that when I watch other people do it, and again, via social media where everything is, you know, who ever knows how accurate things are when you're looking via social media. But it seems like for other people, it's this like fun party, like, oh my God, we got a car. And I'm like, oh my God, we got a car. And now there's like a car payment. And it just completely freaks me out. It like, it brings up maybe a lot of like my scarcity stuff around money from childhood. I don't know. So with that said, we have been looking for a car. When I say we, I mean I. I have been looking for a car for a number of months now. I have been driving my 2009 Nissan Murano that I got in 2000. I got it right at the end of 2011. And I've loved this car. Like I still love, love, love my Nissan Murano. Before that, I drove a Honda Civic for 13 years. So you can see like my trajectory with cars is pretty simple, <laughs> like pretty humble. So when I went from my Honda Civic to my Nissan Murano, I felt like I got like the top of the line Mercedes. Like it felt like such a massive leap. And I got like leather interior for the first time and heated seats and like all this cargo area in the back because it's a, it was a, or it is a, um, an SUV crossover style car. And it just felt like, it felt like this really big step up and it was really exciting, but also really stressful because I was like, holy cow, like this feels like a really big car payment and a big responsibility. And every time I've bought a car, I've pretty much bought a car by myself. Like I went into a car dealership. My husband and I were married, but he was like busy working that day. And I went into a car dealership and bought the car and came home with a car and alone and all the things. And I did it all myself. And that's kind of what happened again this time. And I realized in this process that this is an important thing to talk about. The difference this time is that Vinny got to see this play out in live time. And I didn't realize the value of that until we were through the process. And that's the part I really want to talk about today. So this isn't like about me being fancy with a new car as much as it's really about like, my kid got to see me walk through this process as a mom and as a woman. And I think that sometimes those opportunities can be missed when we're going through these kind of bigger family decision-making processes, especially when it comes to financial stuff. So you may or may not know that it's like the worst time ever to buy a car. And it's been the worst time to buy a car for a couple of years now. And it likely will continue to be the worst time to buy a car for a couple more years. Like it's just this really awful time. Like inventory's low and prices are high and they're not going down. And I don't think the recession is going to help much. Prices might go down a bit. I don't know. But I've been looking for a while and like prices aren't really dropping. But the thing is, my 2009 Nissan Murano, I've been increasingly concerned that like she might not have too many trips left to the mountain in her and getting stuck in the mountain passes is really terrifying to me. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, the time has come. The time has come to replace this car before we go into winter months here and before we get into ski season. As I went through this whole journey of trying to buy a car and figure out what we wanted and what made sense, Vinny saw me every day, day in, day out on various online platforms, like doing research, 
doing like also I, I used Edmonds.com a ton because I liked their search functions where I was like, okay, like I can put in this year to that year and this amount of miles and this price point and these features and blah, 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 whatever. And as we were doing this, as I was doing this, he would sit next to me and he had a lot of opinions and a lot of requests, most uh, actually all, which I could not honor. So he was like, mom, we got to get a Tesla or a Porsche or a Lamborghini. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, and no, we're not doing any of those. Because we're not fancy car people. We are super practical car people. And so we buy something that's a few years old and then we drive it for 10 to 12 years. Like I said, like the most boring car people ever. We also buy like really practical cars. And so like, give me a Honda or a Toyota, like something that's going to go 200,000 miles and need nothing but like an oil change every now and then. So after months of searching, I had narrowed it down to either the Kia Sorento hybrid or the Toyota Highlander hybrid. And I share that just to let you know that like <laughs> they're comparable in many ways. And I think that if you're at the beginning of a, the car buying process, you, it's so daunting to even know where to start when you're looking for. For us, what was really important was getting a hybrid. And then also, I really wanted an th optional third row, which we'd never had before, because I find myself in situations driving, even though I only have one child, I'm consistently and increasingly having the opportunity to drive multiple, like a lot of kids. And I like being the carpool mom. I know some people don't like it. I want all the kids in my car. I actually like being like that little spy in the front seat, listening to the conversations and playing the fun music and just kind of being able to be a fly on the wall in those social scenarios. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So we really had it narrowed down to the Kia Sorento Hybrid, which has like amazing reviews and amazing scores across all sorts of different categories. And then the Toyota Highlander Hybrid, same like great high scores all across the board. Toyota Highlander Hybrids definitely have a bit of a higher price point. So we were like, okay, we'll just get a little bit of an older model. But it's just really hard to find a Toyota Highlander Hybrid, especially in Seattle. I think it's probably the most popular car in town. (laughs) So it was really tricky to find one that was a good fit with the budget that we had and then the options that we needed, especially in terms of like being able to do mountain stuff. So I ended up finding a fantastic option, Toyota Highlander Hybrid down in Texas. And I had it shipped up here via CarMax. So I ended up going through this whole process with CarMax and CarMax is not a sponsor of the show, but they definitely should be. And if anyone has a connection, hook me up because I would love to talk more about my experience buying through CarMax. It was amazing. I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, CarMax needs to now sponsor the Shameless Mom Academy and I'll hook you all up with car deals. So the car arrived from Texas. We went to test drive the car and the whole family went. So it was Vince and Vinny and me. We go to drive the car and pretty quickly we were all like, yeah, like this is it. We're done. Like this is an easy option. And it's so funny because they have this like whole, when you go into CarMax, they have this whole express checkout system. So I walk in and they're like, oh, we have you set up for express checkout. So you can just like drive the car and then we'll and sign the paperwork. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, nope, we are here to test drive. I am not signing anything. I'm not here like with the full intention to buy. I'm like, maybe we'll buy, but don't pressure me. Like, don't put me in this express checkout lane without my consent. Like I was very weirded out that they were like, we have you set up for express checkout when I had not committed to buying the car. So we go into the test drive and I come back in and I'm like, so tell me more about the express checkout. (laughs) How do we do that again? Is that good? as fast as we can make it work? Let's do that. Like it was at this time, like four thirty, five o'clock. And I was like, I'd love to be home by six. <laughs> so we decided we're going to buy the car. Vince was like, okay, well, you're going to be here for a bit. I'm going to take off. He like had some work stuff to finish up. So he's like, I'm going to take off. Vinny wanted to stay with me because he wanted to drive home in the new car. So Vince drives the Murano home. Vinny and I stay at the dealer. And it was really interesting that it kind of just happened to work out that way. And I'm so glad that it did. So my husband and I 
were together in that early, early initial conversations around the sale process before we did the test drive, asked it a couple of questions. And then after we did the test drive, it was kind of just like, you know, standing next to the car asking a few questions. But then my husband left and it was Vinny and I who went and sat down at the desk with the salesperson and really completed the whole process. And Vinny sat by me through this process and watched mama buy a car. And I didn't think about it till later when I was like, wow, like he saw a woman make a major household decision, a major household purchase. He saw me fill out the paperwork. He saw me manage the financing. He saw me asking questions and requesting and requiring clarity like, hey, I'm going to need you to tell me about this before we're going to do that, which was interesting because there was a couple things where they were like, oh, we automatically like gave you this thing and it's only like an extra five dollars a month and I was like whoa 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 I'm like tell me what is it again like I don't want to just pay an extra five dollars a month for something unless I really know what it is and they were like oh okay like sure we'll tell you and then I was like okay yeah I want the five dollar thing but he saw me like asking for explanations of things and then he saw me negotiating terms and we had this whole thing with like the financing rate where I was like hey no like this is what we talked about via another conversation. I expect you to match that. I've already talked to my bank. So he saw me go through a whole thing with that. And at the end of the day, he saw his mom close the deal. And I didn't think about until later that night that that was really significant. And it was funny when we went, we got all the paperwork done and everything. And we went out to the garage where the car was and they had it like so funny they have this like really lovely heated garage so you it was this really cold night but you go into this lovely heated garage and the car is like beautifully sparkly clean and they put this big bow on it (laughs) but you don't drive home with the bow on it's like a magnetic bow that would fly off so the bow is on the car and Vinny's like mom we have to take a picture so that's the picture that you see in the episode art this is my child who never wants pictures of anything was like we have to take a picture next to the car with the bow so we take a picture and then he was just like in awe of the whole thing it's the first time that he's been part of a car buying process Vince got a car when Vinny was really little like he might have been three or so when we had to replace Vince's car so he wasn't really involved in any of that so this felt like a really big deal to him which was really cool and I think that's what made me start thinking through like why was it important that he was there for this why this matters I think is that it's important that our kids see us as moms and as women as powerful as possible it matters that they see us manage the money and it matters that they see us negotiate the terms and sign the papers it matters that they see us asking questions and then requiring answers And it matters that they see us wielding as much power as our partners. And I think that sometimes we're just kind of, without thinking about it, we're just jointly making decisions, which is absolutely appropriate. But we don't think about like, what would it look like if the mom led this, if the mom was the person to sign on it, if the mom was the person that negotiated the terms, if the mom was the person that was like, I'm going to sit here and close the deal. I think so often we delegate that stuff or just by default, it either is like all together or it falls to the man. And I'm not saying that it's wrong if you're doing it all together. I'm not saying it's wrong if you let it default to your husband or partner. But I think that there's something really powerful in it falling to you and having your kids see that. I think that what comes of that is that we break down gender barriers that model equity in power and equity in decision making. And it's funny, in walking through all of this, Vince and I have a really uniquely, we're really uniquely independent in our relationship. 
And so we do make really independent decisions. And so it's funny when it comes down to things like buying a car, where I think that a lot of couples are maybe like, here's what I want. And here's what I want. And I was just like, this is what I want. And I'm going to be the one driving the car. I recognize that it needs to be a car that our family can use to go to the mountains and for skiing. And like, it's going to be, it's like for the family. But ultimately, and Vince was totally in agreement. He's like, well, what is it that you want? Like, this is the car that you're going to be driving. And when it comes to a lot of our financial stuff, we have a lot of things separate. So we are often unilaterally making decisions, which is unique and pros and cons to that for for sure. There's definitely times where it's tricky. But when it goes to like comes down to like signing on a car loan, it was just like, yeah, like this loan is in my name. He's not even on the loan. And not because I wouldn't have him there, but it was just like, well, it's easier if I just do it myself. Like you don't have to sit here and wait for two hours. It didn't take two hours, but you don't have to wait for an hour. And he didn't have to be part of the pre-finance and the pre-approval and like all that. It was just like really easy to just and clean to just do it myself. And so what does that look like when our kids see us in those positions where there's equity and power and equity in decision-making and equity in financial decision-making, especially, I think is really, really significant. So while I didn't set out for this car buying experience to be this like huge lesson in gender roles, it definitely turned into that. And as Vinny is older and now he's 10 years old, I think it's significant. And I'm so grateful that he got to see that. And I'm increasingly conscientious of opportunities for him to see moms doing things that break the mold a little bit. And these are things, there's been things I've been like waiting for him to be old enough to do. I'm like, when is he going to be old enough to like be able to sit and watch me speak and see me do different things where he can be like, my mom did that. My mom does that. This was a big deal for me when he saw me doing a triathlon this summer. And that felt like uh, it was super fun. I loved doing the triathlon. I loved having him there at the race. But what was interesting to me is that when I started out on that toward that goal, I thought about race day and I was like, I want him to see his mom like crossing the finish line. And I want him to see me going after this really big athletic feat and seeing that like moms do this kind of stuff. Like moms can be these amazing athletes. But what was interesting to me is that the bigger deal in a lot of that was that the three months that I spent training prior to that was him seeing me prioritize myself and him seeing me say like, hey, dinner's going to be later tonight or Papa's going to do dinner because I'm going to go do a swim workout. I'm going down to the lake and I'm going to be gone for an hour from 5 to 6 p.m. Or, you know, heading out on the weekend and being like, hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple hours because I need to go do a bike and run. And so it wasn't just him seeing me do the race that saw allowed him to see like this is a thing that moms do he also saw me have to prioritize all those workouts leading up to the race that was like a mom prioritizing her time a mom putting herself above other commitments to the family a mom saying like hey this is all going to be late for you guys or you're gonna have to figure it out yourselves because i'm not going to be here for it and all of that was really significant I want you to think about where in your life can you actively be breaking down gender stereotypes and mom stereotypes so that you can be working on supporting your children in seeing gender in a different way. So maybe this looks like how you make financial decisions in your family. What do those conversations look like? How do your kids see those conversations play out? Or how do your kids see financial decisions play out if they're not happening via conversation? Because so much financial stuff is just automated at this point. So it's looking at like, how do your children have awareness around those things? What does it look like in terms of who's in charge of the negotiations that impact your family? 
And there's all sorts of different things that come to mind with that. So this can be negotiations around spending power. It can be negotiations around labor around the house. It can be negotiations around like, holy cow, who books summer camp? And we all know that like, if you're booking summer camp the way we do it, where every week is a different camp, good Lord, that is a freaking full-time job in the month of January or February. (laughs) Like you are just filling out 1 million forms and paying $1 million. And so when you look at just the different negotiations that impact your family, who's in charge of those things? What does that look like? How does that play out? And how do your children have awareness around that? That makes you feel good. That makes you where you feel like they're able to have some recognition around the values you want them to have around gender and gender roles. How does it look in terms of your kids seeing the work that you do? Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. I actually had the opportunity to bring Vinny to a really super brief speaking thing a couple weeks ago. But what he got to see in that moment and the opportunity happened because my husband was gone, had a work thing that night. And so I knew I had to do this. I knew it was going to be quick. And I'm like, Vinny's just going to come with me. It's going to be like 20 minutes. No big deal. He'll just come. He can sit in the back of the room, which he did. I could have gotten a babysitter. Yes. Same thing with the car. Like when we went to test drive the car and buy the car, we could have gotten a sitter. We could have like had a friend have him over for a couple hours. But I was like, no, like I kind of wanted to be a part of this. And so with this speaking thing, which was this really minimal thing in terms kind of it wasn't like any big fancy speaking engagement. But what he got to see was that we were going into it, it was a situation where there was a room of like, I don't know, 50, 60 people. And he got to see that his mom stood up in front of a whole bunch of people. There was eight or so people that were going to speak that night. And I went second. There was the person that was like running the event who went first and then introduced me. And I did my part. 
And so I was like the second person up there. So he got to see that like, this is what leadership looks like, that you show up in front of this group of people and that there might be eight other people. And like, wow, my mom went second, uh, right? First after the person who's like hosting the event, that kind of stuff matters. And it doesn't matter if I went second or if I went eighth, but like him just seeing like, oh, wow, mom's go toward the front of the line sometimes and moms get up and speak in front of the groups and all those things really, really matter. What does this look like for you in terms of diving into household chores in equitable and reasonable ways? So I think I've shared this example before, but it's like my favorite example to return to because when I talk about equitable and reasonable, I think chores across the household can look equitable in a lot of different ways. And it's not just between you and your partner. It's between you and your partner and your children. Or if you don't have a partner living with you, then it's between you and your children. How does that look like in terms of equity across the household, not just among the adults? So that's the first layer. The second layer is how is it reasonable? So when the pandemic began and we no longer were going to have cleaners. So since Vinny was born and because of the nature of my work and my husband's work, we've had cleaners come every other week for a number of years leading up to the pandemic. So he that, he was very familiar with that. Once the pandemic started and we didn't have anyone coming to clean our house anymore, then I was like, okay, we're going to have to figure this out among our family. I'm not by default taking it all over. And also, here's what I'm willing to do and here's what I'm not willing to do. At that time, Vinny would have been seven, I believe. And my husband would have been 51 or something grown ass man okay grown ass man and the amount of pee on my bathroom floors and on my toilet seats unreal unreal and this is something that like I was always just like well so thankful that we have cleaners because I don't have to touch that or deal with that unless it's like a puddle right on the floor in which case sometimes I kind of lose my mind but I was like, okay, here's what I'm not willing to do as we're like divvying up chores and cleaning the house during the pandemic. I'm not willing to scrub toilets because you know what I don't do? I don't pee on the floor and I don't pee on the toilet seat. So that's up to you too. And so Vince taught Vinny how to scrub toilets during the pandemic. And I never scrubbed a toilet during the pandemic until we, and we have a lovely couple who cleans our house now and we adore them so much. And they (laughs) have taken that back over. But Vinny, and actually Vinny's done it a few times. I shouldn't say they've completely taken it over. But what I wanted to model to Vinny was that like boys scrub toilets because boys make messy toilets more than girls do. Maybe that's really stereotypical. Maybe that's sexist. In our experience in our household, that is very much the truth. And I've spoken to so many other moms. So when it looks like equitable and reasonable, I'm looking at like, okay, you're going to take on this task because you're the one that makes the mess. That seems very fair and just and reasonable to me. And in terms of equity, like I'm not just doing every household chore because that's typically what happens when you're the default parent and other systems break down. I also want you to think about things that you might invite or encourage in your household. So What about your child signing up for something that's not gender typical? We got an invitation from a family two summers ago, I think, for sewing class. And it was this mom reached out to me and she's like, hey, my daughter and a few friends from our school are going to do the sewing class. And he's like, I know that Vinny is friends with these girls thought he might be interested. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that you thought to reach out to me, first of all. And I love this idea of him doing a sewing class. It didn't work out with our schedule, but I was so disappointed because I was like, I want him to do the thing that's like not the typical boy thing. And what could that look like? 
So how are you creating space for those kinds of things? We've done other camp kinds of things. He's getting more and more into like sports stuff and like self-selecting around that. But we've done a lot of other like gender neutral camps and activities leading up to him really self-selecting into sports. So lots of art stuff and Lego stuff, which is a Lego stuff that's like in a gender neutral way and things like that. The other thing that we really encouraged when Vinny was young, that I want to be clear, if you encourage this, do it in a way that's safe. And if it's not safe in your community, don't do it. But we had a child who wanted to wear a pink tutu and a tiara at a preschool for like three months straight. And we let him wear the pink tutu and the tiara at a preschool for three months straight. If you have a child that wants to do that, and it is safe for them to do so, I absolutely think that you should let them do that. Like just letting your kid be in charge of that choice and then being supportive of it no matter what. We're in a community where there is absolutely, like parents are very accepting, teachers are very accepting, and nobody, like it was all very cool. I want to also acknowledge that that's not always the case. And if I were to feel that my child would have been like targeted or bullied or it would have been unsafe for him in any way, that would have been a potentially a different decision or we would have approached it in a different way to maybe go to the teacher and say like, hey, this is what he's wanting. How can we facilitate, jointly facilitate this in a way that is safe for him? We're not in a community like that. We're in a community where I could just be like, here he is and his tutu and his tiara. And everyone was like, cool, great. Like, let's go play. So those kinds of decisions, I think, need to be monitored based on what kinds of communities that you're in. But I want to invite you to encourage your child to be expressive in however way they want to express and let yourself be expressive in however you want to express. And then let that be okay for everyone with the caveat that like you're doing this in ways that are safe and that have the appropriate boundaries that they need to have so that there's not a situation where someone might become unsafe. So what does this look like as you start to break down gender barriers? And then what are the outcomes of that long in the long term? I think the outcomes of that in the long term are that your children get to see what women have the power to do and what it looks like when everyone can have full access to everything. It also, I think, creates space for boys to behave in ways that create a lot more opportunity for higher emotional intelligence. And it creates space for girls to be able to step into bigger positions of power. And those are like both of the things where we see struggles where like girls aren't given certain opportunities and might be excluded from from certain opportunities and boys do not have emotional intelligence cultivated in them. And that's where we see so many of our cultural conditions and so much of our cultural conditioning ultimately break down in adulthood, if not before, is because we have boys who have not been encouraged to participate in society in a way that allows them to tap into their emotional intelligence. And we have girls who have not been able to or modeled that women are power players and decision makers and that women close the deal and that women get to stand up and speak up without being called bossy or controlling or manipulative or any of those other um, aggressive words as descriptors. <laughs> descriptors. I had to find the right word there. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope that this, like my invitation to you is where can you actively break down gender stereotypes in your family What can that look like for you? And then how can you do that on an ongoing basis? And so thinking through as you're making decisions with your partner, like what do you want your kids to witness in that? 
and thinking through as, and this is something that's always evolving. So as you're thinking about like who has what roles in the household and how decisions are being made and who's going to step up. I mean, another great example is like, who's going to step up and volunteer at school? Is it always the mom? Is it always the mom in your household and in your community, in your school? Because at mine, it almost always is. But interestingly, and so excitedly to um, that in our school, I'm the co-chair of the parent association and my co-chair is a dad, which has been the coolest dynamic. And so where's that space for conversation around like, who is going to step up? Who's going to bring the brownies for the thing to school? Who's going to show up and volunteer? Who's going to co-chair the, the parent association? Who's going to coach the boys' sports team? Maybe it's a mom coaching the boys' sports team. I would like to see a lot more of that. So looking at what does it look like for people to step up in all these kinds of different ways that breaks down gender stereotypes. So please share this episode out, share it widely, and thank you for listening. Next time I buy a car, I'll tell you all about it, but it won't be for like another 10 to 12 years. So (laughs) So stick with me, stick with me. We'll be on episode like, I don't know, two, 3,000 by then. (laughs) Thank you, folks. I'll see you on Wednesday for a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.